0: Alice Nutter, ex-pop star, screenwriter par excellence, and closest thing to a Showbiz buddy I've got. We had a chat in Showroom Cinema Bar in Sheffield.
1: Political,
0: do you know what I mean? What's yours? Like, I were always brought up a Labour guy, yeah, you know, yeah. like yeah. all been like with Labour Party and everything. For me, that all like ended because I'm from Robberham yeah, from, yeah. Like, I could never vote Labour again because right. of what happened in Rotherham yeah, yeah. and what's still going on in yeah, yeah. Right, so I just did you up. Know, but like sort uh, after, of especially after Milliband lost election
2: yeah.
0: it was for me that I don't see I mean I didn't see Coving coming I'll tell you that yeah, now yeah. But, but, yeah. but we wanted with Scottish Nationalists yeah. winning so many votes and everything I thought that that's it for Labour. They've got to look for another alternative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I also thought that <clears throat> throughout the Blair years, especially, Labour had ignored the North, yeah, and yeah. like the centralisation yeah. had got worse. Thatcher had devastated our industries yeah, around yeah. here, steel and coal. But then Labour had just concentrated on the City of London and not really done yeah, anything yeah. for up here. So I thought there were. A I could never have voted
1: Blair's Labour. I mean, actually. That's that's not true. I did try. I did vote um, for Rachel Reeves in my area to keep the MP out. I didn't trust her. I could never have joined the Labour Party and done what I do now. Since that last Labour manifesto, I've been knocking on doors. Not because I'm a massive Corbynite, but because of that manifesto.
2: Yeah. You know, if they're going
1: to reverse all the stuff they've done to NHS, bring you know free education back in, and build council housing, I'll
0: knock on doors. Yeah, but I'm fundamentally in favour yeah, yeah. of all that. Yeah. Where I don't see it anymore is I just see the structure of the Labour Party and its tendency to centralisation and yeah. the the bureaucracy that runs the party will crush people. But, get, I see all these yeah, fantastic yeah, young yeah. people getting yeah, involved now. Yeah. We're talking in yeah. one of the other podcasts about it with Dave Lee, and he's a he's a you know very much a Labour guy, and he yeah, sees this great hope for the future coming and like you know with the manifesto yeah, as you yeah, say yeah. and everything but I just see that there's a tendency that it will it will just get crushed down I and hope, it will I just go back to done. the old way I, well, I know
1: do you know something, though? The, the one thing that gives me hope is that they're looking at how um, cooperatives are working they're looking at Preston as a model yeah. you know what that guy's done in Preston yeah. all local businesses all cooperatives and McDonald's is behind it. He's reaching out to play. so he's, he's reaching out to the sort of old anarchist left to cooperatives, and he's, they're already building like alliances yeah. to put them into practice. So it's not a Labour Party mechanism that runs it, but it's Macdonald doing that.
0: Yeah, well, I, mean, I I see that as exactly where it's like the Preston model. There's a, I think they've done it in Toronto yeah. as well, right. and there's a, I read a book. A while back about... They're going to
1: try and work off the Western yeah. model.
0: And, like, some guy in, like, the Bromley-by-Bow yeah. area, East London, some, like, uh, I think it was something to do with church, and he sort of did it on a micro level and, yeah, like, yeah. made alliances between everyone. And that's the way I see things working, not this, like... I, I see just the tendency towards, like... Pe- some people see a panacea of like, nationalised stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas I see the way forward... Is what you're talking about is small groups working small, together. And,
1: and at the moment, because the reason I know so much about it is that uh, my partner, who's, who's been a left-wing political, you know, I've been with him for 25 years, he still goes to meetings and he's still fresh and he still does, you know, it's not a dad in the wool anything. He only joined Labour Party this year, but um, and he's been doing research into municipalism and how Preston works and how to spread it and London Lambeth Council reached out to him yeah. and said, can we share your research? Because mcdonald has got this plan and then he went to these meetings, so he's been going along for stuff where they've got a plan to use cooperatives to try and keep everything local, to, you know, to change the way the whole structure. And it just gives me loads of hope because what they're trying to do now is plan for if they get into
2: power.
0: Yeah. I mean, I... I wish yeah. I showed your opposite. I mean, like through yeah. the window here, yeah, we can see like the uh, operatives of Amy working you know, or part of the yeah, public yeah. of finance. Did well, I mean, look Amy. at look
1: at Sheffield. You know, it's the municipal dream, fucking crushed. <laughs> exactly. It is. It just is. This could have been, you know their working model for everywhere and
0: look what they did uh, to it uh, and like now we've got like you know sort of this private company yeah. doing god knows what outside here and the the council actually using uh, anti-trade union laws yeah. to like yeah. stamp down on protesters yeah. well, so all, this that, is
1: all that tree stuff you know it's insane that yeah. the, the council is saying well we don't want to cut down trees but it's in the contract
0: Exactly, it's and, and then they've actually got a target, a case, to, a case to cut down. They deny all the time there's a... Because it's all redacted. Yeah, yeah. They deny, deny all the time that there's a target. The protesters say there is. And then when it finally comes out, there has been of a course. target all along. Of and then it's just yeah. like... It's kind of like Bob Aron, the boxing promoter. It's like, oh, well, you know, yesterday I was lying today. I'm telling the truth. You know, it's yeah, just yeah. kind of crazy. I don't know who
1: Bob Aron is. I'm so oh. that <laughs> I, I was going to ask you about boxing later because... Um, I've been spending time in Sheffield because we're going to write a State of the Nation piece set here. And I'm doing it with Simon before, you know, who did Full yeah. Monte, who I did for Trust We. Mm-hmm. So we've just been hanging out in Sheffield talking to people.
0: Excellent. So, and, and, and how are you finding the Sheffield? I, I, I have to hang out with them all day as a job and I get tired of them, to be honest. Uh,
1: well, we had <laughs> what the, it's funny when you meet people individually, great. But what we did is, one of the nights, uh, somebody got all the people from different campaigns together for, in, for us in the pub. Yeah. And we were just going to have a drink and just sort of trade stories, sort of fighting in clubs. I mean, not physically, but you know, arguing really horribly. And I were having to basically say to somebody, you come to the bar with me, just to try and stop them. Because they were so territorial. The Momentum women were arguing with the right. people. Do you know, I mean, People who broadly should be on the same side. Uh, it's a cri- it was. So oh, here
0: you go. We got a, little, like, a bit of protest going on there, is it? Sort of...
1: It probably will be school kids. It is like somebody yeah. got
0: the, the bus for the tape. Yeah. A bus going past with some kids with like sea uh, level stuff.
1: Yeah. It's all good, yeah. So it was. Best talking to people individually. Fine. It's like leads. Talk to people together. Really territorial.
0: Yeah. See, because Leeds is a bit of a mystery to me because uh, when I was growing up right. and like when I were like when I left yeah. school, it were always everyone went down south because you know if you if you left round here, you were going for you know you come to Sheffield Seabands, bands you come to Sheffield yeah, to yeah, like yeah. you know do bigger stuff and but if you were like anyone moving away or doing anything. You went to London. You went at, like I went at South Coast, and then like went to London and come back. And it's only since like I, I lived like down London for a while and that. And it's only since I moved back up here like, like when my second daughter were, were out to be born yeah, yeah. that I've really kind of rediscovered Yorkshire. You know yeah, what I mean? When I never, did
1: you move back here?
0: Back two thousand and five.
2: Right. Okay. Something
0: like that. You know, and uh, it was basically we lived in East London. Yeah like Mrs is a southerner like yeah. all the families yeah. from Bermondsey yeah. and uh, we'd have one kid and then like sort of she were pregnant with second yeah. one and we just like made the decision that to, we'd be better off bringing up northern yeah. kids than yeah, southern, yeah. not because there's not anything wrong with south or England yeah. or London well, but be,
1: you could afford to live here for a start yeah.
0: but it's you know it, it just became ridiculous mm. you know and, and I mean we, we made a uh, Showing what astute people we are. We, we bought an ex-council flat in Snaresbrook. Yeah, yeah. Where's but
2: that?
0: It's, uh, it's just past Stratford.
1: Right, okay, yeah. Which,
0: which figures into this tragic story, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? So it's, it's just past Leytonstone. It's yeah. next stop on Chew. So we bought an ex-council flat for 105 grand, right. And we were going to move and it were like, so uh, do we let it out or do we flog it? And... uh. It, we got it valued, and it was like 180 grand. This three-bedroom council flat, yeah, yeah. and we're like, well, you know, nobody. Will, these flats can't go up any more than this. Yeah, like yeah, a yeah, flat on yeah. a council estate. The, you know, this is the absolute ceiling because yeah, nobody yeah, yeah. had able possibly be able to afford a mortgage. Yeah, yeah. So we flogged it, and like now, every now and again, I look on Right Move to see how much it's worth, because obviously then. Uh, the Olympics come to Stratford. They Listen, built that like thing. Can't you know? live your life like that. Life like
1: that. Your house is just going to be where you live. Yeah. Do you know, if, if we were different people. <laughs> if.
0: Yeah. But that that flat now, that three beds council, and it's on a yeah. lovely council estate, yeah, yeah. right? It's. Is uh, it worth about eight eight
1: hundred? No, 000. no,
0: not that much. The last last time I looked, at it was we worth like three seven five.
1: <laughs> well, do you know what? You flogged it. You've probably got a good house up here it's nice to live in.
0: A, we've got a lovely house in Weston yeah it's yeah. brilliant it's like so it's worth worth the same as when we've vlogged
1: yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah but
0: it's I'm, all good well,
1: my, I live in Wortley. I've got a lovely house it's a um, middle bit of a Georgian Vicarage it's it's worth I got it for 90 20 years ago if it was somewhere else in Leeds it'd be 400,000 it's worth 200,000 it's because I don't live in a posh area I live in like a respectable working class area don't care it's the house i live in i love it yeah. you know i could have made an astute decision and lived in um you know north leeds didn't yeah. want to whenever i want there it panicked me
0: yeah i don't know because i I, I, cause like I, said, I, don't know leeds very well yeah. I, i'm i just not city center i know like edinley
2: yeah
0: yeah and that's about it i I'm not inside the Elland Road, but I wouldn't be able to get in there. Yeah, area. yeah.
1: I live, not, I live five minutes from Elland Road, but, you know, up in West Leeds. And um, I'm a sort of creature of habit. You know, you said you moved south. Yeah. I lived in Burnley. I couldn't have... A big city would have done me head in. I needed to live somewhere sort of industrial and run down where I felt at home. So I moved to Stoke for a year. I tried to go to college, it didn't work. Uh, moved back to Birmingham and squatted in Leeds because yeah. I'm sort of at home, yeah. you know. The idea of going to London and living in a big city would have done me in.
0: So, when you say like you squatted in like, did you know people who were squatting already, or did you like uh, we did... know
1: we knew this, this house, it was like a mill owner's house. This band had lived in it, sort of a bunch of freaks. They'd gone off to uh, they'd gone off busking, they bought a busk a bus and they've gone off <laughs> bu- a bus and got off Buskin in, in Europe they'd left the house in, in the care of a fruitarian who uh, basically went a bit mad shat in the garden wouldn't use the toilets, didn't look after the house had a breakdown ran away and left it and so no one were paying rent on it it was an old mill owner's house in middle of like a working class area and we thought well that house is going to waste no one's been in it six weeks we'll squat it and we moved a couple of my mates lived in Leeds they lived in Edinburgh they'd, they'd been students and been thrown out yeah. and, uh, and we squatted the house together and we had it for It were, the woman who owned it well last at Colonials, Miss Barnsby, mm. who'd basically not got it together to collect her rent she turned up after we'd been squatting it for six years <laughs> and said this is my house Um, and we had a van because we were a band at that point and we'd bought this cheap second hand van and it said from the deepest to the highest Christian cyclists on the side so we went to Harrogate we sort of played that we were Christians, we didn't say we were Christians but we sort of wore nice clothes and made out that we were a nice group of people and could we negotiate a cheap rent and I, I ended up there 18 years. I tried to buy it, because I'd been paying rent.
2: Yeah.
1: It needed an awful lot of work. We were always getting ill. It had loads of black mold on walls, but I just wood-panelled it to hide the, the mold under it. Yeah. And then kept wondering why we <laughs> were getting ill. And when tub-thumping came along, because I'm a creature of habit, I couldn't face moving out somewhere else. So my plan was, and I'd stayed there all along, we'd gone from like a collective, most people had moved off, but I'm like Miss Avisham, honestly. I, I was like, no, I live here. <laughs> and I'd have, you know, various people moving in there, and I thought, right, I'm going mm. to buy it, I'm going to do it up, and I'm going to stay here. I arranged to buy it off at really cheap. I'm going to get it for 20 grand, but it needed 70 grand worth of work to structure so it. So it had subsidence, and it was sliding down a hill. <laughs> And um, I got a big survey done. I was like, right, this is what I'm gonna do. And then found out I couldn't get insurance for five years because it was subsiding. I just thought I can't yeah. Can't spend that amount of money on a house that I can't insure in case it burns down. I never expected to own house, never expected to have a decent amount of money. And I thought this this is the one time I can do it.
0: Yeah.
1: I can't buy this house. And now I'm so glad I didn't. Now it's, uh, it's a skunk case. Do you know oh, what right. I mean? It's yeah. got... It's, you can see because it's just got too much security to not be a skunk case. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But, um, and it's...
0: A lot, lot of pigeons on the roof.
1: Yeah, well, I don't know about pigeons, but lots of bars on the roof and <laughs> super, super secure. And it's sort of, it's on a hill behind Watwick Bath. They've knocked it down that now. And it's a bit isolated and it's a sort of perfect skunk house. It's mm. a detached house in the middle of a not-posh area and the area's got rougher and rougher. Alt yeah. shops have shut down. You can tell it's betting shops and second-hand shops. Yeah. Um, and I ended up moving like five minutes down the road because I wanted a garden, yeah. so I'm so glad I did.
0: Yeah. It's funny, actually, because yeah. a few years ago, well, a good few years ago, when I'd not moved up here, there were a, used to be a squat just up the road, here, yeah, and it were uh, sw- just past Radio Sheffield right. University Technical yeah. Yeah. Colleges now. There's an old building just around the corner on Matilda Street. It's part of University Technical College, and that was squatted by uh, Anarchists. Yeah. I don't know. You yeah, yeah. probably know a more technical yeah, term. Yeah. I don't know. Squat- they used to call
1: themselves peace punks Yeah.
0: Those it was squawked by Anarchist. and they, I, the, when I actually went there yeah. it was because uh, they sh- they showed the Chumbawamba documentary oh really Right, and like charged the quid to get in and oh, sold right. like cans of Strongbow and everything oh
2: right, oh god
0: and, and like so uh, I remember it but, and it was weird because they just had it on telly with, it was on VHS, yeah, yeah, yeah. and they just, <laughs> they just had a telly and like sort of a, a few like kitchen <laughs> seats you, if you've got the really you've got a and there were a few <laughs> okay. kitchen seats and uh nobody really seemed to know each other either you know i don't think i don't know if it would that were
1: past this when the scene had happened by the time that came
0: out well you know it was sort of 2007 2008 or something early
1: 80s is when i moved to leeds late 81 early 82 there were squatters they were like it was when crass had changed everything we were like an army of earnest wankers basically <laughs> you know we were all right like, we're going to change the world we're vegetarians we don't do this we do. you know <laughs> and for me it was a really good thing because um, I'd took lots of drugs before then and I, a lot of the people I knew were really rough uh, a lot of people I hung around with had died from smack I never took smack I just thought I might like it I'm not I'm not going that way mm. but I'd I'd come from a I come from Northern Soul, City, and I got into punk, but um, the people I, I got to know in Burnley for a lot of years, they just weren't good people at all, so when I met Chumbawamba, it was like, Jesus, they're all grammar school kids, mm-hmm. but they were my salvation, really, I stopped to drugs, mm-hmm. you know, I found this thing to channel myself in. Yeah. Who
0: knows it, what I would have ended yeah, up with. Because you talk about, like, you know, so, uh, the politics of the earnestness. When I like, watching the document like I say, everyone was, like, just sat watching it quietly. Yeah. And then it gets to the bit where you signed to EMI. And they're all
1: shouting.
0: <laughs> it weren't. It were, very, yeah, yeah. it were very polite. It weren't, like, say... Mm. But there were, like, sort of... <laughs> People are like, oh, yeah, oh, that's when they sold out and, like, you know, sort of this and, uh, you know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and yeah. I'm, I'm, well, I'm sure you've heard it all before, Oh, yeah. God,
1: yeah. I, I answered all the letters and I used to sit down and answer every single one. So,
0: uh, to get the time right, did you did you sign to AMI and then do tub thumping or did no, you do tub thumping no, and, no, and then no, sign to No, no, no. What AMI? happened
1: is we were with One Little Indian. We did tub thumping, we recorded the demos uh, and we thought, this is good. Yeah. And we were at a point as a band where somebody had left. Our last album hadn't done really well. It was sort of, and we'd always been a band who more and more people came to gigs. So we'd have a thousand people a night. No one had heard of us, but we'd have a thousand people yeah. at every gig. And um, and we released "Swinging with Raymond," which is a stupid album. It just didn't. We'd always done experimental things, but sometimes we used to shoot ourselves in the foot just to do something fresh. It didn't work. And we were at a point where, really, we had to pull together as a gang or sack it off. Yeah. And and we sort of, somebody left, because we, you know, we weren't, people didn't think we were cool. The press hated us. We were like yesterday's people. And we were just like, actually, we like being together. We have to just pull together, do what we want to do, do it as well as we can, and fuck everybody else. We're not, it doesn't matter what they think. If this do not work, so what, we'll do something else. And um, and so we recorded Tub Thumping and a lot of the album. We took it down to One Little Indian, and they didn't like it. Um, what,
0: well, too um, commercial?
1: No, they, they just didn't like it. They were at, at that point, they had Sherman, they had Bjork,
0: Oh, right. They had
1: a lot of their big dance bands and they wanted to get a big producer in to give it some sort of, you know, different sound. And we sat down and, um, and they wanted us to go back in studio and rework it. And we said, we would sat down together and we said, no, we think this is good. We think we've done something that we like. No, not doing it. So we went back to One Little Indian and said, no we're not doing that and they said well we're not releasing it then uh, so at which point we just went back in and finished it on our own with no record label and we didn't have a record label and that's when we thought we had something good and um, and we had a friend who used to manage Mortarhead and various yeah. people and he shopped it round the record companies Jonathan King that well known paedophile heard it he had a thing called the tip sheet Which were really influential and he gave away like a a snippet of tub pumping and a sort of a bidding war started and we had a big discussion really because what we'd done is we'd been our own record company we were really rubbish at it you know we were good at making stuff together as a gang as business people we were terrible so we'd been our own record label. We'd even tried to release records for other people. I pity anybody who came on our record label. Honestly, <laughs>
2: we were full of good <laughs> ideas,
1: but we didn't sell a lot of records. We sold our own records just because we were chumba one. Yeah. We could sell forty thousand of them, but we couldn't sell anybody else's. You know, we used to we used to send like offensive notes to the music press. I remember sending bribes, fifty pence bribes, saying you've got no taste anyway. So here's a bribe, <laughs> you know. No wonder they hated <laughs> us. Um, and we sat down, so we could have gone. We didn't want to be our own record company anymore. We were rubbish at it. In fact, we tried to do that after EMI. I argued against it. We're terrible business people. People like us shouldn't run labels. Um, we could sign with the smaller indie than what, One Little Indie, because One Little Indie were one of the biggest then, yeah. which we'd done before. We'd been with Red Rhino and we'd been with, um, we'd released through Southern. Both experiences were bad. When Red Rhino went bankrupt, we were the only band who paid off their studio costs. They went bankrupt, owing people money, and we liked the guy who ran the studio, so we gigged to pay him back. When we were with Southern, we didn't sign any contracts because we said, we're honorable people, you're an honorable people. I wouldn't recommend that to anybody. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because we were ripped off mercilessly and they just they assumed ownership of things and arguments that are still going on. So our view were, well, what we've learned is the small in- Indies are also capitalists. They're just not as good at it. Yeah. And so... And we knew that... Um, we knew that a hail of fire had come up at us if we signed with a major. Yeah. We
2: knew...
1: Um, it would disappoint a lot of people, but you can't live your life for other people. So we had a really big discussion based on what we thought capitalism was. what would be the best thing for us. If EMI hadn't have sold off their weapons division, we wouldn't have gone with them. They'd sold the weapons division.
0: I never even knew EMI had a weapons division. Yeah,
1: yeah, they did. Yeah, early on in the 80s that they got rid of. They used to, um, and so did CBS. Really? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they used to have armament. They used to have manufacturing plants making weapons divisions. Um, and we decided to go with email. But what we also decided is we were going to get contracts that would give us a level of autonomy that was sort of unheard of. It served us really well, this. So, because we thought, well, we don't care. You know, we're never going to be a famous pop band. We don't care about long lasting success. So what we need to do is protect ourselves. They offered us a hundred thousand, and we thought, "Well, the worst that can happen is that will keep us for three years." We used to, we used to earn sixty pound a week from Chumbawamba. That's what we paid yeah. ourselves. We got a bit extra for gigs, but you know, yeah. it, was, it was sort of breadline. But we were good at living on that sort of money.
2: And um,
1: and we thought, "Well, that will keep us as a band for three years, and we can do three albums." That's the worst that can happen. Yeah.
0: Uh, I, I nearly saw you once. Right. I, I like sort. Uh, I went to a gig where you were on poster, but you weren't there.
1: Well, that's unusual because we played everywhere. Yeah. And it, it was rare. But- we never turned
0: up. I don't. I don't know if it. I don't know if it, yeah, there were, There was some confusion about whether you'd ever been booked, but they just put your name on the box. Well,
1: honestly, we ne- we were the sort yeah. of people
0: because I went to it. Yeah. it, were, it were in Rotherham Assembly Rooms. It were co- conflict. Were headlining. Yeah. Well, and
2: I'm then, sorry then we it, weren't booked. Then. And
0: then it said like Womba and Old Polloy were playing.
1: Yeah, we weren't booked. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It, I added not know. Yeah. <laughs> but it, we were basically for years as well. We only played benefits. Yeah. So we only played benefits from um, 82 to 91. We never took any money at all. We didn't take wages, we didn't take anything. And we everything we did, were, we always shifted the money sideways. We kept the upkeep of the van, petrol, mm. but we didn't take out. And then we thought, this is bonkers. Ari were working in old folks' home, cleaning shit up. I worked in... Um, I'd, work, I'd always... I've, I've always worked it's sort of yeah. in my DNA you know and so I worked in Aware Ice um, I ended up working at Leeds of the Paper Leeds Radical Paper because yeah. I wanted to be a writer mm. but I always worked and we were doing really crappy side jobs and we couldn't do gigs during the week because we were working yeah. and so we just took this decision we, we had to basically we had a meeting we, we decided everything about meeting i'm so glad i don't have to go to them meetings anymore <laughs> it took forever because we didn't vote we had consensus we wouldn't do anything until we all agreed
2: yeah,
0: yeah. do you think you would have like work better i mean obviously you can't turn uh, back to go go for it like Chumbawamba as a concept have work better now when like now there is the internet and you can do your own distribution and you can like sort of interact direct with people and everything so you wouldn't necessarily have to like mess about with record companies and that you would have just been well, able to sell no, your product directly. the business
1: I, I mean, I used to pretend that we had a press officer. We had a different name, and it was me. <laughs> I hated it. I mean, I did it, and that was the bit I could do. I wrote all the press releases. I used to ring people up pretending to be somebody else. But you know, we did everything ourselves. But the bit that we weren't good at, really, is the finance and business and selling things and what you had to do and telling people that they'd have to do this to make money. And we and we always had a. Um, You know, we we didn't think that we could govern other people. Mm. If it were to do with business, I don't think we would have worked better now. But <clears> in terms of uh, communicating with people, because we did a really brilliant job at communicating with yeah. people when you only had pen and paper. Anybody wrote to us, they got a letter back. You know...
0: So I remember, like, because I were I working night shift in London in late night. It's- yeah. And like so after Tub obviously thought and him were like massive there. Yeah. But the one after the like amnesia, yeah, yeah. like you know, that were on Capitol all yeah, I went yeah, to a yeah. like place where they just yeah, played yeah. Capital Radio well, all the I, time, you know, and yeah. they just played that all the this- time. And I you know, it's I mean I think I think like I'm not a a chumble but expert. I think you, yeah. I think the best song's Time Bomb.
2: Yeah, or you know yeah. I mean,
0: I've right? heard it
1: too many times. I've heard it too many times. I mean it's funny um I were in Chumbawamba until 2004 when I just it was like we weren't getting as many people as gigs. You could've gone two ways and toured in Germany forever. Yeah. So they decided to become a folk band and I, acoustic. Somehow I ended up along with that and I just thought, what am I doing here? This is you know.
0: Yeah, I've. I'm not
1: a musician. What am I doing here?
0: I saw uh, a few years ago uh, a play at Barnsley where it were about Ned Ludd and like the Luddites yeah, and, it, and and, and they had like sort of I recognise various members yeah, of yeah. Chimba one week and they had the folk yeah, band at yeah, the yeah. back that, that wasn't me that
1: was Bob.
0: yeah that was good yeah
2: was
0: yeah. Good. yeah yeah, yeah well we, you know because it was good concert you know like they, they'd gone back to old time theatre and yeah, sort of yeah. got audience yeah, participating yeah, yeah. a bit like Pantamheim yeah, and well, everything it was yeah, a, yeah. a good night yeah, out yeah because
1: yeah. Yeah, Boff uh, Boff does a lot of music for players now but Really, we'd had our time. The fact that it lasted 20-odd years with me and a band. Yeah. Was it 20-odd? Yeah, it was 20-odd years. A, band, a band's not meant to last 20-odd yeah. years. So you
0: say you could have carried on in Germany, so you were big in G- Where else were you big? Is there Oh,
1: Eastern Europe and all that, but it, I don't want that. I mean, I have nothing against Germany, but it was always like um, a stone rolling downhill. It, there were... It, it were gathering things and it were interesting and yeah when it becomes just a job and a money thing it were never that yeah and plus I had a daughter um, and my partner I went back to work uh, for year Touring because I worked breadwinner and he were doing a um, MA and doing most yeah. of it and she was getting older and the last year that I did it I were away all the time because we said we we're going to do one full on last year and then stop it sure. and um, and she really missed me and it started to tell So she, at which point she was four and
2: she's
1: she started to have you know I needed to not be away all the time you know it weren't mm-hmm. I wanted something where I you know I'd had right. a child late I wanted to I wanted to be a mum, and I wanted to, to be there. I didn't want to be a full-time mum, I yeah. I, and I wanted to write. And I'd always didn't think I were a good musician. I'm not, but I'm inventive, and I'm quite good at doing stuff for people. And I'm a complete grafter.
0: Yeah. I mean, but I mean writing. I mean, I've written some stuff yeah, yeah. in the past. Uh, I mean, it's very in what ways? It's very well, the way I work it's very solitary. You know, yeah, it's yeah. like kind of locking yourself away. And that you said, like you know, you've been used to like doing everything by meeting collaborating oh, and everything. Jo-
1: oh, it's such a joy not to.
0: I mean, <laughs> I, 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 I it? I thought no, you'd miss it. No, but it. what
1: it does, it equips you when you go into situations, it equips you to work with people and be pragmatic. Yeah. I'm really used to trying to work through stuff. So at the moment, I've got... Um, I've, I've been working with Simon and uh, yeah. Buffoy since um, 2016 now, three years.
2: Yeah.
1: And, uh, and we did... Trust
2: yeah, which I right
1: absolutely there. loved and I, you know I en- I enjoyed working on that so much and it it worked so well that I ended up writing on all of it you know yeah. and they gave me a producer credit which I thought were really fair but yeah. also I earned it
0: Yeah.
1: you know I did a lot of the rewrites but they were a joy to work with Simon and the producer Christian Coulson it ended up the three of us sat in a room sorting it out mm.
0: Yeah, we're, we're, you know, it were brilliant people talk about that. I don't. Do you agree? It's a golden age of telly now now? Yeah, no,
1: it? I really do. I really do. I think it's really ambitious. The way that people tell stories is uh, British. telly, when it's good when people like Sally Wainwright. Yeah. Write with fresh eyes and the things that she does are brave and fresh. You know, she doesn't just do. She'll do Happy Valley and then she'll move on to Anne Lister and Gentleman Jack. Yeah. You know, that Bronte thing she did was amazing. That it was such a good teller.
0: Yeah. I, th- I think as well, like especially stuff like Happy Valley. Yeah. But even good I know obviously well say obviously yeah. like in the past you'd like yeah. worked with Jimmy McGovern. Yeah, yeah. And I, I feel it's like, you know, sort of it shows how much people like tend to like underestimate the audience it's like if you put on quality stuff like yeah, Cracker yeah. Yeah, if you yeah. put on stuff like yeah. Happy Valley like trucks like that yeah, yeah. people will watch it you know and you've got will to treat live-
1: people as smart
0: it's like you know sort of, there tends to be this idea now that TV away from drama is going to be always the lowest common de- denominator and what subs- do you, mean? you know like like sort of reality shows yeah yeah and like, you know it's like let's fill the schedule with it and like well, well it's cheap it's very cheap the, s- it's yeah, very the cheap. same sub story whereas if you put something that's quality people will watch it and you know like sort of but the
1: money for trust came from America you know I- that. To, to make a show like that
0: costs fortune. Uh, I mean, does that. Because, do, like you're saying about the business side of that, I mean, from what I know and what, yeah. like, you know, from I talked to Brian Leverett for this, like, a few weeks ago. Yeah. Like, he, he's, like, as you know, sold the rights to uh, the Edgar Revolutionaries. And, yeah, and, uh, I
1: wish I'd have got
0: my hands on that. Yeah, he, uh, actually, talking to me wishes you'd got your hands
1: on <laughs> I like, wish I'd got be, my be, hands on that. You know, I went for it. Yeah. It, because you. you Alerted me to it. That same day, I ordered it, and uh, and I went straight to my agent and said, "Okay, can you find out who's got the rights for this because I'm interested." And uh, and it had gone.
0: Yeah, but like he's he's in like you know, I believe what you call development hell at the moment, you know, and it's kind of been signed off, and he's certainly like you know, there's people. I think it's some something to do with BBC or doing it, and he says that. Is just hearing the feedback from all these meetings about can we change this, can we change that you've got and a, everything. You've got it, it,
1: when, you know what I've learned doing Chumbawamba and writing? You've got to find your allies. You know, it's like Chumbawamba were my ally, Jimmy were my ally, and still is really, but I wanted to do different sorts of TV as well. And he's not always going to want me, do you know what I mean? He's yeah. different people. Simon is completely my ally. When you find your ally, you treat him well, you work hard. But you have to fight for the work. I'm not a journey woman. I don't go in. If someone employs me, they are gonna get more than the bargain for, because I take it really seriously. Yeah. So you, you get something like a for revolutionary, and somebody says, well, you know, can we?" as he's quite often said, well, we really like it, but, you know, Hull's a long way up north. Can we move it to... <laughs> you, you just get ridic... And you just got to basically say, no you know and it, you, you would get things like Lil's not fat enough do you know yeah the, some of the things yeah well I mean she's only moderately fat you know uh, what we need is somebody obese that, and you've got to basically say no you know you've got to hear people out and you'll get producers who are so desperate to get things made that what they'll do is go well you know the BBC say it and in order to move forward you've got to do it you've got to be prepared to walk away from things so you, you've got to be...
0: Alice, Alice not an exclusive. No deal must be on the tape.
1: Well, no. <laughs> you, no. I don't just mean that. I mean, you've got to be prepared to say, I love this. You know, I will try, if there's a problem with the script, I will try and find a solution to it. If it's a cheap solve and it's a stupid move, mm-hmm. I don't care if you sack me, I'm not doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, if someone says, this is not, you know, we don't think this is working... Generally, what happens is when someone identifies a the problem, there is a problem. You yeah. know, people want to change things in scripts because it's maybe not exciting, it's not paced enough, it's not. But rather than thinking well, there's a problem that the writer has to find a solution from some producer or god, there's a problem. What you have to do to solve it mm-hmm. is make little so fat that she can't get on a mobility scooter. <laughs> you know, and and what you have to what you have to do in them situations is say, look. I think you've identified a problem, but I need to be able to go away on my own and find a solution that makes this work, right. or I need to talk it through with another writer and find. So you, you sort of got to be accommodating. Mm. But Chumbawamba taught me that that. Yeah. You've got to have a bottom line.
0: But do, do you actually go? Because, like I said, for me, writing were all just a solitary thing. I used to like do it on my own and, like, you know, then and then present something at the end, right? Yeah. It was, Whereas, like, you know, when you collaborate, you actually do. You ever work in the same room as somebody or? Not or writing, it, like, not
1: writing, but we do long stretches of just
0: talking and storyboarding yeah. ideas. I so wish, I wish I'd done that because, like, you know, sort of, I, I wrote like a, what an award-winning play yeah. once, and like sort of. Uh, that process were fantastic yeah theatre
1: you know, oh, right. I, I do on my own theatre I've got nobody to do theatre I'm in the room on my own from start to finish TV I've generally worked with people where we will sit in a room it used to be with Jimmy it used to be for a couple of days with Simon it's longer because I'm not just doing episodes I'm plan, I plan the series out with you know what I mean I'm not just an episode writer yeah. with Simon I, I sit in on what the overall idea is where it's going who the characters are and I've got a you know a bigger role and that yeah. you know we'll do seven week stints of just talking five days a week yeah. uh, and it's really fun but, imagine, but yeah. when it comes to writing it you're on your own yeah. so you might go off way you know what happens in, your, in the episode you're writing yeah So you might go off with four pages of notes, you know, opening, seeing this happens, where it ends. But when you're writing it, you're on your own. You know, they're they're getting it right bit, they're turning it into something. There's always problems you didn't know you were going to have. With Simon, I can discuss them with him, but you're on your own. You've got to come up with inventive solutions about, and things that are true and why, you know, I'm getting old. I've had cancer twice. I'm not doing all yes. that in the with me time. Do you know, mm. I'm not willing to take a project on that in with me time because the shitty ones, there is hard work to do with the good ones, so just do
2: the good ones. Yeah.
0: So that's what it's like, you know, that probably must be self-trust Like like I was saying about, you know, like Chimbal one would maybe be better suited now because he can control so, your own No, but I
1: never think that because we had, what a way to grow up. <laughs> you know
0: to be in a gang like that yeah but what I mean is it's like you know sort of after all the frustration of working with the music business now you're working in probably the only area like TV and film yeah. we actually have to work with the industry anymore it's like if you want to do a radio show now you can like sort of do what we're doing now Except, if, you, if you want to like yeah. write a book you can write a book you can like Upload your word document to Amazon and sell it for Kindle and that. You know you can do. It you
1: depends f- who you're working with, you mean, honestly. Because if you work wor- working with FX, which are, I've done so far on two projects, on Trust, and we're developing, um, we're developing a show called Happiness, which I'm working on last year yeah. about artificial intelligence. But again. It's got to have a point, I'm not going to do a show just a sci-fi show, it's got to have a point about what this means yeah. and, and class and everything else. Yeah. You know, I trust, for me, I had a point about class which is why do the kidnappers do what they do? Do you yeah. know what I mean? What's, what, what's the difference? It has to have a point. And FX are so completely different to work with than BBC.
0: Yeah, well, I because think, they I think, leave you alone. Yeah, I think what worked with we trust as well. It's not like, not only like class why the kidnappers did it, but just like you know what is family and all this, yeah. and, you know, different, yeah, like, well, you like know, that, the like, relationship and how that changes with wealth and well, things. You well, know, what,
1: what we wanted to do is an examination of family from both sides. Yeah, you know, and uh, and we had really we it have planned out for well, they, actually, we is not true. Simon and Christian, before I got there, had decided it were going to be five seasons. And if we got five seasons, we were going to tell the history of capitalism over the 20th century through it. If we got a second season, we were going to start uh, with old man Getty making and losing his money. What, what, what happened is, Getty made his money in the Wall Street crash when he bought shares cheap off people who were fucked.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And we were going to go back to that point, rather than just carry on as we were, and we were going to tell the story of the Wall Street crash because it was so similar to 2008. Yeah. Tonight. So, but not enough people watched it. You know, the
0: effect. Do, do you think it got hurt by the fact that that film came out as well at the same time with the same?
1: Yeah, probably. But you, you can't. What What I've learned is that I have no control over the things once I've done them stone. Whether it's Chumbawamba, you can do something you think is brilliant, no one hears it. You've got, um, or you can do something that flies, and we never expected something to do that. We never expected to own houses, we thought it were a trade-off, or we've got a creative life.
0: Mm. Is, is it kind of like the people you see in the films where you, like, you, do you still make money off top something?
1: Yeah, yeah, I do yeah. But, <laughs> Is but
0: it kind of like you granting about a boy or you like? You
1: no, I'm not <laughs> like that because because there's eight of us sharing it All uh, right. equally, and we give a share to the uh, to the people who were our managers. So it's um it's a nice little sort of thing that means I don't have to take jobs I don't want to because we're a bit of a cushion. But I'm, I am got a, you know, I am got a tropical tank and a posh car. But it's it's a cushion that most people don't have. Yeah. If if one of us had the songwriting thing, yeah. But you know, but the reason we were together so long is we split the money whether you whether you wrote a song or not, you got an equal share, and that's how yeah. we played everything.
0: Do you still, do you get there to say yay or nay to where it's used?
1: Yeah, yeah. We that's one of the things we put in the contract. So we did a publishing deal with EMI still, which we renew every five years. We're just about to renew it. And our deal, unlike most bands, is that um, we have approval over everything. So, and I do the clearances, that's my job. So when they come in, uh, you know, someone will say, it'll be a thing for, we didn't take adverts for a long time. And when we did take adverts at first, we gave the money away so yeah. we'd, you know we'd, we'd give them to um, anti-capitalist things and we gave some to some forward strikers in South Africa once and we kept a Marxist magazine going for 80, you know we'd all yeah. we'd just give it away but as it's gone on people can't afford to do that I probably could mm-hmm. to be honest if I were working all time yeah but um yeah. but now what we do is no that's not fair actually because i am that I've got the Chumba Wamba money but I have periods you know I had a big period last year for health reasons where I couldn't work yeah you know it just is what it is yeah but um, when it comes in to be for an advert I have to look up the company and see what they've got shares see if they've got what, a
0: weapons division
1: yeah, yeah or what they've done or whether or not they've Workers, somewhere, or if you know, and the thing that we always check is if there's any boycotts against them. And if there is, we say no. Yeah. If it's a shitty advert here, we generally say no. Because the one time we didn't, it was like every time that accident thing came on, we were like, What have we done?
0: <laughs> Which accident? <laughs> there was
1: a teddy bear going like that <laughs> accident and emergency. We're not quite sure how that got through, but um. <laughs> and if it's the did they
0: really catch you like on the morning when you'd like maybe started on the white wine I think or something. we got
1: seduced by the money on that one honestly <laughs> I think we got I think we got seduced but then I'll check it and uh, and then I'll send we have a couple of people we check it with first <coughs> in Chambawamba and if we disagree because one person's really strict other people are, are less strict but we all again have to do consensus so it's quite torturous
2: yeah
0: I mean, it must be tough, though, when you, like, look, it's how strict you're going to be because, you know, like, sort of nobody and no companies, like, kind of no,
2: completely what, well, that's, blameless, th- are they? Yeah, you know, well, we,
0: we, we, we all make our little compromises no, to live in the well, we world. Live, we you know? live
1: under capitalism, and, and that is the thing, but what we will try and do is we're not pure as driven snow, but, you know, we're not going to have a song on somebody that's, that's uh, harassing workers somewhere, or blacklisting people, or you know, you've got to have some structures for yes.
0: Yeah, what well, no. suppose I it mean? It's like sort of the way we all live our lives. We have to decide whether the palm oil in the Greg's vegan sausage roll is like you know sort of.
1: Yeah, but we too. did. But we just we do actually consider everything that comes in and talk about it. And you know, we've turned down a million with Nike. In '98, because we didn't because of their working practices, they wanted to use it for World Cup. We're, we're in '98 or 2000. I can't remember. But we turned down a million. Yeah,
0: It'd '98, yeah. Yeah, yeah. France, yeah. World Cup. yeah,
1: yeah. We turned it down, and because it was the right thing to do, because um, because they were they were using sweatshop labour, you know. And it's not like we couldn't have used the split of a million quid. Yeah. yeah. And it worked with. In the past, what we'd done up to that point is we'd approach people and we'd said, OK, if we take this out, we're going to give you the money, but you need to be compliant in this. This is where the money's coming from. If you don't want this money, we're going to say no. So we'd involve them in the decision. We don't give the money away now. No-one offers us a million quid these days. Let's be, you know, we're in different times. We're not... um...
0: I don't know. I mean, It's just such a... I mean, when you're dealing with figures like that... I mean, to play devil's yeah, advocate... Yeah. I mean, like, so if you took that million quid and then sort of used that dirty money, which I know you have done... Yeah, and other, yeah other have, things, yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But, like, but you, each
1: decision's individual, and for us, it signified too much for it to be, oh, we're going to take the money, but Nike are going to use it, at the point where we were biggest, to be part of that. We didn't want to be part of it.
0: Yeah. And also, we... uh Nike. I mean, what's happened with some other songs? I mean, like particularly was she Strike like written in the stars. The like uh, hip hop song, like you know, that, yeah, if, yeah. if you go to America, that's yeah, yeah. the yeah. thing for Major yeah. League Baseball. You know, like every mm. every ad break, you know, like written yeah, in yeah. the stars. Yeah. So in America, that. Song is known as the baseball song. Yeah, So yeah. I mean, there would be a danger that your song, that well, you made, would be the Nike song. Well, it's whatever it is
1: because we sold a lot more uh, records in
0: America than here. Yeah, cause I, I was astounded because I went on holiday to America yeah. in, in late nineties and like so of. Uh, Chumbawamba were <laughs> yeah, yeah. on the radio. Or,
1: or, I, w- I was so miserable, mate. Honestly, <laughs> I mean, because I just thought, what am I doing? I did the interviews because I'm gobby, and that was my job. I'm not really a musician, but I'm, you know, I'm bright. Mm. And
0: um, I mean, you famously did the thing on the late night talk show when you changed the words.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, we did. think Yeah, but that were right. we we tried to do. Interesting things all along that were when um, there were Black Panther on death row, and yeah. um, we changed the words to Free Mummy or Abu Jamal. And we did it, they, they only had a five minute thing from recording it to going out, and they were like, Oh my god, my god, you've got to go out and do it again, you've got to go out and do it. And we were like, Well, we aren't doing it again. So they had to decide whether to black the section out, and it was like, "You're never gonna, we're never gonna." You're have never your,
0: gonna work in this town yeah, again. Honestly, honey.
1: the number of times we've had, "You're never gonna work in this town," and we have <laughs> been blacklisted from quite a lot of things. But you know what? I'm glad. I'm glad that's what we were like. Yeah, you know, it's a short life, really.
0: Yeah, I mean, like sort of. You've, I mean, you've been like, su- 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 I don't, which, which number one was successful? Would you describe them? As successful? Yeah, I would.
1: Well, in terms of, well, for us, we were sort of an underground secret. Yeah. For a band for years to get a thousand people a night at gigs is pretty successful. Yeah. But we didn't sell the equivalent number of records. Yeah. But we sold, you know, a decent amount. And we paid a lot of wages. We had a crew working for us for years, so we'd have. Bus
0: driver, you know, that you'd hire two sign men, mm. um, two could, techies, lighting. Yeah. We were, so I also remember, like, kind of in the 80s. I used to, I'd heard of you, but,
1: but we were tiny then. We were <laughs> for a long time, we were completely uh, self sufficient. Yeah, I'd,
0: I'd heard of you, but it were always like kind of just reading like quirky little stories about stuff you'd done, like yeah, stunts yeah. you'd done, and yeah, like yeah. you know, sort of like mock charity singles and all yeah, that, yeah. you know. and just like various little
2: projects yeah because we
1: did we did the thing against the sun when they um, you know when the Herald of Free Enterprise sank yeah we after they'd done 50p tickets and they'd done this deal with Boy George you know they'd been harassing him
2: yeah yeah. for
1: years and they said if you sing lead vocals of this is what we believe because he sang lead vocals on the charity single Let It Be Mm. and they stopped harassing him you know yeah. It's not it rocket seems science. A coincidence, yeah, it? it's not rocket science. And so then we basically did a piss tech off it and you know, so the son's front page were these heartless bastards. But um no,
0: but and we were full of tricks like that, but yeah, I, did you do the Live Aid one as well? Yeah, yeah. our
1: first album was called Pictures of Starving Children Sell Records.
0: Yeah, because I don't, I, I, remember, I never, I yeah. never yeah. heard the record, but I just remember Quite like a good
1: record actually, like
0: reading about yeah. it, and it, it made me think because I got caught up in yeah, all that. Yeah, you know, yeah. there's lots of people then yeah. at the time, and then like oh you know, my so...
1: god, the press, re- am I? You, <laughs> when it's the biggest charity thing ever, and there's a bunch of anarchists going Pictures of Starving Children Sell Records. And there were a picture of a starving child in this corner. In <laughs> yeah, I remember Ryan, the picture. Yeah, yeah. it was like the press hated us because it's the same as when Britpop, yeah. when they were smoothing we Downing Street, we were yeah. tipping water on them. You know, we've never really fitted in. Yeah. I'm glad.
0: Have you thought about with the success of Bohemian Rhapsody? Have you thought about bringing it back out again? Like you know, Do you know you've, what? See, you've seen the film now, like no. so. Oh, <laughs> find a band to... Honestly,
1: if you could see the offers that we get, they're all so insulting. I would, I, I don't, I don't want to be in a band anymore, ever again. They're my mates, they're still my best friends. You know, lose my best friend, mm. the woman singer. I See her all the time. The rest of them, that you know. Yeah. Whatever, but I don't want to be in a band again. But we get we get offers through. So for Super Bowl two years ago, we got offered a lot of money to stand in a glass case doing tub thumping on a Where Are They Now museum. And they were going to have bands from the 80s who disappeared performing in glass cases with, like, somebody from now going past
0: them. It's like, are you insane? Man, I'm... I'm... I'm like, I guess, why did you not do that? That sounds brilliant. The, oh, my
2: God.
0: You're yeah, busy with, like, Johnny H. Jazz and, like, Oh, you know, so my uh, God. Like Jesus Jones. And exactly.
1: <laughs> and then... <laughs> and there were one last Bumbling week... On your there, Honestly, great. there were one last week from a documentary firm uh, company that said... And we, we, they tried to do a steps on us. You know the steps reforming. Oh yeah. The same company got in thing and said, you know what we really want to do is Chumbawamba reforming and doing a tour. And I'm just back, <laughs> I'd rather cut me on toe off. <laughs> and last week's were, um, we're a documentary firm and we want to make a. Uh, a documentary about Chumbawamba's uh, you know past but we want to make it also relevant to that. so what we thought is uh, we'll we'll provide studio time and we'll pay for the ending in years. and you can make an album and we'll film and I wrote back to him honestly my instinct is did you have
0: a meeting first
1: no I don't need a meeting for that <laughs> honestly my instinct is to just uh, just fuck you just fuck off do you think I'm <laughs> stupid same as when they asked us to appear on Buzzpox. I was like, Do you think I'm stupid? You know on the where are the now line up. All right. They were going, You can talk about what you're doing now. Like, No thank you. You can
0: talk Well they just say at the end I'm not, "Look, they just say at the end and Lord, oh, that's all it's not true. Yeah, now like, oh, now who now writes?
1: Yeah, oh, no, she's having on. a go at
0: writing.
1: Yeah, that's well it exactly. Done. Yeah. But the and the documentary thing. I just wrote back um we split up with good grace. We've got no intention of reforming in such a cheap way. Thank you. <laughs> you know, it's just what well, if not in such a cheap way, but something like you just think people think you're stupid and desperate. And even if I weren't doing what I'm doing now, I wouldn't do that. It's had its time. Mm-hmm. I've got a, I've got no shame about just getting a proper job and working before I'll. That that for me were a special thing, Chumbawamba. I don't ever want it to just be getting on stage for the money. Plus, I haven't got much talent. You can get away with it before you protest. test. You know, if Tina Turner didn't have much talent, <laughs> she couldn't she couldn't get away with it. Yeah. You know, it's 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 had its
2: time.